0: Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend. A podcast for long distance besties everywhere. I'm Aminatu so. I'm Anne Friedman. Hi Anne. Hi, Aminatu. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about today? What is on our agenda today? Wow. Today we are talking about why the census
1: is really, 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 really important.
0: What do do we even say? I truly am like, there's everything and nothing to say.
1: I, you know, every time I get a really bad attitude about pandemic, I really have to remind myself that I am not suffering at all. And that's not to say that it's not hard and it's not awful or to minimize just the existential dread of it all.
0: But perspective, man, it's important. You know, we're doing the like, check in on each other. How are you doing? But in fact, just kind of end up on the phone or staring at each other's faces going, oh, <laughs> that was me and my
1: therapist on Zoom yesterday. <laughs> where, and he let out a sigh so big, I thought it was me at first. <laughs> I was like, How are you doing over there? And it just, I don't know, shout out to the mental health professionals. <laughs>
0: Ugh, essential workers No, can you
1: imagine if it were your job to just deal with everyone else's anxiety about the thing they're the most anxious about I don't think I could do it so it's a oh no way it's, it's a lot um, I love my therapist he's the best
0: <laughs> uh, what are we talking about today what is on our agenda today
1: wow today we are talking about why the census is really 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 important
0: oh my god yet another really 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 important thing in this moment full of important things <laughs>
1: I mean, the most compelling PSA I've seen in the last couple of months was Cardi B forcing everyone to do their census because, you know, as she very importantly notes, it helps determine the number of representatives that each state gets and how we allocate all of the billions of federal dollars. And Cardi said, you do not want to be undercounted. So uh, consider
0: me counted. Right, I mean, and this is also something we know from previous censuses, sensei? Sensei? <laughs> sensei? <laughs> censuses? <laughs> sensei? We, from previous censuses, we know that like certain populations are more likely to be undercounted, which serves the political aims of people who are already disproportionately in power. And so it is no surprise that in 2020, the census is facing more challenges than even in previous years when um, certain people were likely to be undercounted.
1: Right. There's so much misinformation about the census on social media and off social media. Um, Coronavirus obviously made it really hard to tell, you know, like, were census workers going to be able to do their job properly? What happens to all the people who, like, left town and didn't fill out their census forms? All of that stuff was a mess. And it's a really important function of government, but because of politics, it also means that, uh, you know, some people get more excited than other people, depending on uh, how the census shakes out.
0: Okay, so we're here. We're here for a couple of reasons. One is to ask that everyone fill out your census forms and all your info online if you are in the United States. And to talk about it with your friends, ask your friends if they've done their census reporting yet, maybe put it on your social media if that's a thing you do. Uh, It's all at my2020census.gov. We would all do well to be encouraging each other to get counted. Right. You should look in your,
1: if you're at your house, you should look in your mailbox and there is probably all the information that you need to fill out the census. And if you are not at your house because you left or for various other reasons you can still do the census online without the special codes that you
0: need so just go to my2020census.gov we also have a special treat in today's episode which is our beloved producer jordan bailey yeah uh, talk to i know we love jordan uh, talk to Jerry Green, who's a census expert and a senior advisor at the National Urban League about all of this stuff. And I have to say, like, it sounds like we are talking about a kind of very boring government forms and checkboxes thing, but it is a fascinating conversation about the ways the census
2: is super political.
3: Jerry, thank you so much for being on Call Your Girlfriend.
2: Thank you, Jordan, for inviting me um, to join you on this
3: podcast. Let's just start with a little bit of history. I'd love for you to tell me exactly what the census is and like, why do we do it and why it's important?
2: Well, the census is a once a decade enumeration, a snapshot of all of the people, everyone who resides in the United States, um, of who they are, um, what their racial characteristics are and sex. Um There are only nine questions on this on the census questionnaire. And so it's a snapshot of America to give us an indication of who we are, and also to determine how to allocate federal funding, how to protect our civil rights, um, and how to ensure that we're represented, uh, have political representative government in the halls of Congress.
3: Can you just explain a little bit more about why the census is so important? Like, what is the link between counting all the people in the United States and federal funding and civil rights? Like, sort of how do those two things work together?
2: The census is about money, power, and representation, Um, As as it relates to federal funding, in in fiscal year 17, or we can just say 2017, uh, the George Washington's uh, Institute of Public Policy, which has done a great deal of research on the connect between federal funding and the census, estimated that about $1.5 trillion each year is allocated to states and local governments, businesses and households um, as a result of the census count. We also know that these programs are for things like healthy baby programs, um, WIC, TANF, rural housing development, um, Medicaid, school loans and school lunches, Pell Grants, National Direct Student Loans, um, it's for Metro, it's subways and things like that. There's no aspect of our society that isn't touched by census funding uh, in, in particular. Um, as it relates to political process and representation, um, the seats in the House of Representatives and the Electoral College, and we know how that went last time in 2016, but those seats are based on census data. And as it relates to power, communities are empowered by their vote and full representation in the political process. Uh, the enforcement of civil and voting rights laws are based on census data, housing, um, uh, how housing discrimination is measured, all of those things, cr- criminal and um, victimization, that data comes as, uh, as a result of a lot of our census data. So because of all of these issues affecting representation, power, resources, and democracies, we all need to be concerned about getting a strong and accurate count uh, in our populations um, this, this, this 2020 census.
3: Can you talk a little bit more about which groups in the United States are are hardest to count and sort of some of the ways that um, census workers try to get those people counted? Sure. I hate to refer to the term hard to count because it sounds like,
2: you know, we're putting the blame on populations. Right. Um, And that's just not the case because, you know, there's a history of distrust in this country around uh, the treatment of certain individuals and um, it, it creates... Um, cause for distrust and fear oftentimes. And it's something that stakeholders like the organi- organization that I work for, the National Urban League, is out uh, in, uh, trying to combat these fears and distrust. But fear and distrust is a big issue for communities of color. People who are renters are hard to count, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, the, mo- the Being in a transient na- nature, moving constantly, You know, whether you're staying with an auntie or um, sometimes or elsewhere, um, that's the problem. Households that have large families or blended families, sometimes people forget often to count the children. In fact, um, for the black population in the last census, seven out of 10 young children between the ages of zero and four were completely omitted from the 2010 census. Wow. Yeah, that's an incredible number. Uh, college students who live off of campus, the digital, digitally disconnected this time around, we're, we're very concerned about people who, have, who don't have access to internet uh, or broadband capabilities, uh, the homeless, the poor, um, and, and people who have low English speaking proficiency. Immigrants in, t- in particular, too, are, are very difficult to count. Out of mm-hmm. fear,
3: can you just remind us why it matters that that um, these groups sometimes don't sometimes get undercounted? Like, what are the what are the repercussions of being undercounted in the census?
2: The repercussions of being undercounted means that your community uh, and that the diversity of the nation's population is not reflected; that they are underrepresented in um, in the political processes, the democracy of, of this nation. The census is the cornerstone of democracy in this country. And without a diverse and representative snapshot of our of, of who resides here and what those needs are, you're, you're, you're left out. Um, from a financial standpoint, it's estimated that anywhere between two and three thousand dollars per person is lost for you know, in in undercounted communities. Um, And so if you multiply that in a household times a whole decade, Mm -hmm. uh, you can kind of see the um, significance of of an undercount. Um, Critical services, the very services that many of our communities need. Um, We need uh, healthy baby programs. You know, we we need uh, affordable housing. Um, We need student loans and Pell grants, uh, we need better, improved roads. All those things are, are missed uh, if you're undercounted. The money does not follow the need. Mm-hmm. That $1.5 trillion follows the count. So if you're not counted, you don't get those, those services. You don't get those funding. And these are, this is not welfare. This is money that taxpayers have paid. You've already paid this. So it's not like it's a handout. These are programs and services that are rightfully every person in this country should benefit from.
3: You've talked a little bit about the coronavirus and how that is impacting the 2020 census, but I understand that there are some other sort of unique challenges that the 2020 census is facing that are new from years prior. So can you talk a little bit about what the other challenges are in in the count accuracy this year?
2: Sure. We have uh, issues related to the digital divide as I mentioned earlier, uh, particularly affecting rural um, com- communities who don't have broadband access. Um, this is new for this census. We have um, we have really an increased climate of fear of government and distrust, which has come from the highest office in this land, where communities are disparaged and there's divisive political rhetoric that's coming from the white house regarding immigrants who are here on um, the people who are here who may not be documented or in general communities of color. You, you can only, you can look at the, uh, uh, daily coronavirus white house briefings and see how, uh, this plays out in terms of vitriolic rhetoric, um, from mm-hmm. the commander in chief. Um, we have, so we have this, politicization of the census as well. We have disinformation campaigns. We have social media where we know that there are groups out there who are trolling social media pages and putting out incorrect misinformation to discourage census participation within communities of color. Sometimes these things will say, oh, coronavirus is in full effect and the census has been canceled. And that's nothing further than the truth. This census will take place this year. It's ongoing right now. But there are all kinds of things to discourage participation that we're seeing that's new as well.
3: Are there ways that um, you found in, in groups like the one that you work for, are there ways that people are trying to combat these challenges, the, particularly the, the online misinformation?
2: Yes, um, there, there, there are. And the most important thing First of all, we have to normalize the census. There's, you know, We are putting a tremendous amount of information on the website, uh, YouTube, and other places to ensure that the public has at its fingertips accurate information about the census. All of us, there's a coalition of census stakeholders and civil rights groups who are putting their own organizations on the line and standing in the gap to be trusted voices and meeting people where they are. That's what the National Urban League is doing with this 90 affiliates. We reach 2 million people each year providing uh, housing programs, job development, and so forth. And we're using those opportunities to educate the public about the importance of the census.
3: We know that last summer there was a big debate about adding a citizenship question to the census. That the Trump administration was trying to add a question about citizenship to the 2020 census, and the question did not get added. But I understand that people are still worried that that will impact um, the census count. Can you talk a little bit about about that, about that question, and about um, the ways that it might still impact the census, even though it's not actually on there?
2: Yes, that citizenship question really. You know, while we were meeting organizations out here who were planning outreach activities and messaging for communities to educate them about the importance of the census, uh, and then here comes this citizenship question that the uh, Trump administration put forward. Um, Secretary Ross, uh, in conjunction with uh, Attorney General Barr, concocted this plan. The census is heavily researched all decade long to find the most optimum Questionnaire that they can provide to to the residents of this country, and this test was just haphazardly thrown out there. It wasn't tested, and it asked individuals if, point blank, are you a are you a citizen or not? And if you are a citizen, what is your status? What kind of uh, on what basis are you uh, uh, living in this country? And it just sent a shock wave across. Um, not only undocumented communities, but families across the country of immigrants who feared that the Census Bureau, this was not only a tool to um, perhaps share this information with law enforcement, homeland security, and ICE, but also to deny uh, a large segment of of the people who live here in this country um, a right to services and programs, federal programs, um, and and that was that that uh, the ripple effect of that is still being uh, felt. The Supreme Court ruled last year, last summer, that this this citizenship question was unconstitutional, and that it was designed for political purposes to suppress the political power and voting rights of of particularly Hispanic popu- the Hispanic population, and would not be added to the should not and would not be added to the census questionnaire. However. The fear lingers. We're still getting when we go out to communities and talk about the importance of the census. We always end up in a dialogue about the citizenship question. So we're combating it still.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're still fighting uh, the after effects of that ill-designed uh, and ill-placed uh, a question that was scrapped by the Supreme Court.
3: Yeah. And are there other ways that the that this administration is? mishandling the census. I I feel like I read, or I know I read um, in a couple of places that there was maybe not as much funding um, for the census count this year and that there's uh, some concern about lack of adequate testing for new technologies. Can you talk a little bit about those things and and other ways that the Trump administration may be mishandling the 2020 census?
2: Sure. Throughout the decade, uh, the Republican Congress there has been census budget insecurity, uh, there has been little funding and little room to fully test census operations. Typically there are three, for instance, dress rehearsals and years ending in eight. Because of underfunding, the census was only able to do one test. And this really does complicate the, the census process and operations when you can only do one test so outreach, the hiring of partnership specialists who are the lifeline between the Census Bureau and communities, and hard-to-count communities in particular, the hiring of partnership specialists was, was delayed. Uh, there are all kinds of consequences as a result of the budget insecurity that the Census Bureau has experienced this, most for most of this decade. And it's had, it has had devastating effects uh, in terms of the efficiency of the Census and its operations in, in many cases. One of the things that the administration and the Republican Party is doing as well is uh, as it relates to misinformation and disinformation, one of the things is that they had a fake census questionnaire that they put out there, um, which ended up being uh, a, an RNC, a Republican National Committee fundraiser. <laughs> but oh, uh, this is the official census. This is the official census. And it looked like a census questionnaire. Uh, and it was actually a fundraiser for the RNC. And so, oh my goodness. yes, indeed. <laughs> so there was a great deal of attention to that uh, a few couple of months ago. And stakeholders um, like the National Urban League and others have fought against this and tried to in- calm our communities that this is not a census. This is not an official census. And it was something that was developed for political purposes to further the um, efforts of the of the Republican Party of uh, this that election seems, cycle.
3: thats that not illegal? That seems illegal.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, the many people believe that it is illegal, but yes, it was a bold and brazen effort. Once again, just like the citizenship question, to misinform populations and wow. misrepresent intentions as it relates to the, the census. That's absurd. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm.
3: And we talked about it a little bit before, but I'm just curious if you could talk a little bit about the ways that you think that coronavirus and the current pandemic that we're experiencing, how you think that might affect the 2020 census.
2: The census is a is a celebration of this country. It should be, and it's a time for people to become uh, civically engaged in the democratic process. So it's a cause for celebration, and it's just unfortunate that today of all days. Census Day is overshadowed by the horrible concerns and fears that we have with respect to coronavirus. So all of these public engagement things that would have been face to face where you would see your council member or your elected, your governor or someone, um, your ward captain out there, you, those all of those things have been eliminated. As it relates to the Census Bureau right now, it's about getting the count and the Census Bureau has to interface with the public uh, to get those forms in if they're not going online. And so they have suspended the enumeration of Mm off-campus college kids, the Mm -hmm. enumeration of the homeless has been suspended. And we're also worried about in rural communities, whether it's on American Indian reservations or in rural black uh, communities of color across the South, those operations where the Census Bureau would deliver census questionnaires to these rural communities that do not have internet access, nor do they have mailboxes to receive mail, uh, that operation has been delayed indefinitely as well. Mm-hmm. So this is going to have an impact on the count.
3: Absolutely. Um, for any of our listeners who aren't already census workers or engaged in this um, issue as activists, how can they help? How can we be a part of you know, making sure that the, that this year's census gets the most accurate count that it can?
2: Well, the important, one of the important things is we just, it's so good that the census is now online. So you don't have to leave your home. You can uh, self-distance yourself and fill out that form online. Go to my2020census.gov and go there and fill out your form. And we need to tell people, uh, everyone we meet, family members and so forth, that you can do this. This is important. And that's what, you know, our, our communities and people who are not involved in the census can do. You can fill out your form online and take your receipt and share it because when you hit that send button online, you will get a census uh, confirmation that you've participated. You can take a picture of that and send it. Uh, to your network, to your family members, and encourage them to count everyone, including the babies, um, mm-hmm. whether they're foster children, adopted children, you know, co- cousins, ad- unrelated family members. Um, we can remind our own families to do that. Um, it's really going to be a little tough, you know, because schools are very important too, and uh, teachers could play a role, but the schools are closing down and this, this, this this environment uh, that we have now is really impacting that. But each person can take personal responsibility and tell people to go online. That is simple, it's easy, and it's safe.
3: What is the final deadline for filling out your census form? Is it? Did you say August fourteenth? Is that right?
2: It was, it was, it was August fourteenth, and the Census Bureau has pushed it back another two weeks. Now I must say that many stakeholders, some. Uh, elected officials are asking the Census Bureau to really take a comprehensive look at this and stop doing this piecemeal. Every two weeks we get pushed mm-hmm. back. And so it's very possible that the deadline could extend. We just, we're just monitoring this situation. But for right now, um, at least until the end of August, you can go online and, and fill out your form. But gotcha. we, but we want people to do it. If you do it now, no one will knock at your door. If you wait until August, you will get a knock. Well, we don't know uh, about this Corona, right? Virus, but it, the chances of you being undercounted increase exponentially the longer you wait. So go Got online it. now and fill out the form. Don't wait until August. Do it now.
3: Got it. Okay, well, thank you so much, Jerry, for being on Call Your Girlfriend, and thank you for teaching us about the census.
2: Well, thank you so much, and take care, everybody. Sanitize and self-respond. Yes. All
1: right, (laughs) Wow, Jordan and Jerry, that makes me really happy. Make sure to get counted, everyone.
0: Yes, my2020census.gov, and uh, we'll see you on the internet. See you on the internet, boo-boo.
1: You can find us many places on the internet. Callyourgirlfriend.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on all your faves. Subscribe, rate, review, you know the drill. You can call us back, leave a voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. You can email us, callyrgf at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at callyrgf. And you can buy our book, Big Friendship, anywhere you buy books. Our theme song is by Robin. Original music composed by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Our logos are by Kenesha Sneed. We have editorial support from Laura Bertacci. Our producer is Jordan Bailey. This podcast is produced by Gina Delvac.